Coming up, the Brooklyn Nets have 11 games and 30 days where the focus needs to be Noah Clowney, rotations, and the youth for the Nets ahead of the trade deadline. We dive in coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms. And let you know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And where we get started is a discussion around what the approach should be for the Brooklyn Nets between now and the trade deadline next month on February 8th. Now, this all is kind of predicated on the injury to Dayron Sharp and also the injury update, a hyperextended left knee to be reevaluated in approximately two weeks. So if we want to kind of err on the side of optimism here, two weeks from now, he'll be reevaluated. He'll say he's ready to start ramping up. And we expect maybe two weeks later, he could be getting back onto the court for Brooklyn. It'll effectively take him up to and through the trade deadline. Now, as I said, the Nets have 11 games between now and then. They'll actually play on the 8th that night against the team they're playing next on Thursday in Paris, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But that'll happen after the deadline is passed. And this is an opportunity for the Brooklyn Nets, for Jacques Vaughn, to open up the rotations, as we've been calling for. Try different things. And we're going to discuss not only some rotation specifics to veterans and players currently up on the NBA roster, but first and foremost, where Noah Clowney can start to fit in to that opportunity. So we know that the Brooklyn Nets have this issue. The depth piece was great at that spot with Nicholas Claxton starting and Dayron Sharp coming off the bench. They also have Harry Giles on the bench for this team, but he has not been able to crack this rotation at any point along the way. Doug and I discussed this last episode, whether it was in blowout wins or losses, garbage time minutes, there does not seem to be an inclination to utilize him. And the fact that he's occupying a roster spot is probably a discussion for another day. Because they also released Armani Brooks, the the Brooklyn Nets have some roster flexibility at the NBA level as well. But specifically when it comes to Noah Clowney, who's only had a cup of coffee at the NBA, NBA level so far this season with the Nets, It's really about what we've seen from him at the G League level and and what our perspective is relative to when they took him in the draft. So going back to the draft night, we know the Nets took the two youngest players in the draft and Noah Clowney and Dariq Whitehead. Now, Whitehead had the injury concerns. He's back. He's the G League level also working. And as much as anything, he can be included in this discussion as well. But Noah Clowney, who at the time of the draft, we said, hey, he's a young prospect, and if philosophically the Brooklyn Nets are saying we have Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal and Spencer Dinwiddie and we want to compete and we want to go back to the playoffs this year then you can make the argument that they should have maybe looked for more NBA ready players but that being the case Sean Marks has done a good job see Cam Thomas see Dayron Sharp even going to the second round and see Nicholas Claxton in finding late first round late round prospects and turning them into valuable pieces. 
So then we go over to the G League level, where basically everything that was discussed around a player like Noah Clowney has effectively come to fruition. He's played a total of, between the showcase and the regular season at the G League level, 19 games, averaging almost 29 minutes. Now, he's knocking down 53.5% from the field, and maybe the most impressive stat for him or for Nets fans to dream on is the 32.5% from beyond the arc on just north of two three-point attempts per game and also almost 72% of the line on three attempts per game. Those are numbers, as we know, an indicator that, yes, the perimeter shooting can continue to develop. 32.5% is alarming from a Nets perspective because Nicholas Claxton doesn't shoot from the outside. De'Aaron Sharp's percentages are pretty decent, but he takes about one shot from the outside every 17 and a half games. And then you have a guy like Giles, who I think people dream on the idea that he can be a little bit more of a floor spacer for this team. But again, that that's on optimism, not on results, because at no point in his career has he really showcased that he's capable of doing that. Shooting 14% in his limited opportunities this year as well. So you see a player who in the summer league Doug and I both said, boy, it's at least a year, maybe even two years away for Noah Clowney. And I'm not telling you that 19 games in the G League takes it from two years down to two days or two weeks or two months for him. But we've at least seen things inside of his development that suggests there, there is a timeline here that is a little bit sooner. That next season, you can talk about him being on the NBA roster. And that maybe even on the back half of this year with the way things are going, you should see him more consistently at the NBA level. He can work in the pick and roll game. The pick and pop is there for him. He does the rebounding work, averaging at this point almost nine rebounds per game. He has, by the way, across these 19 games, make sure that I get these numbers right here, eight games with double-digit rebounds, eight games with three-plus three blocks as well. And I mentioned that 32.5% from beyond the arc. He's already taken 40 shots from deep across those 19 games. These things matter. Now, we know the G League competition, right? There are guys that flash in summer league. Armani Brooks was one of them, and he's been put on waivers by the Brooklyn Nets, right? So summer league, G League, it's not a one-to-one -one correlation of how you're going to be at the NBA level, but there's at least something here. And, I, and we knew that there'd be something here. But early on, he's showing some of these things, including a little bit of ball handling, getting the ball off the glass, starting the transition, his hands, his passing has been good. We know that there's versatility on the defensive end for him, switchability. It's going to take time. There's going to be bad matchups at the NBA level for him, of course. But you're seeing enough here that when De'Ron Sharp goes down with the injury and you look at your roster, there's no reason not to bring him up. You have 11 games, and the schedule is difficult for the Nets in those 11 games. We've talked about how there may not be a lot of wins here, and we'll discuss that deeper later on. But why not? In a season right now, where the Brooklyn Nets have won three of their last 14 games with all of the veterans with Dayron Sharp when he was healthy a moment ago. Why not just give not only a sample size at the NBA level, but also a reward? Hey, you're working your butt off down at the G League level. We see you coming on. We're going to give you about a month, 11 games, and a consistent handful of minutes every single night. Eight, eight to 10, 10 to 12 minutes a night where you get to showcase not only where you are developmentally, you also get to play with veterans and experienced NBA talent to see what is the impact when you play with NBA caliber players. And then we also saw in the recent instances when he was called up, we've seen from Jalen Wilson as well, Armani Brooks when he was still with the team. When you put these guys together that it worked at the G League level, you can see how some of those combinations are beneficial. 
So why not now, as things seem to be trending in the wrong direction for this roster, look to one of your rookies, get a sample size, and give a little reward. And that extends to Dariq Whitehead as well, You know, if you want to go to that spot. But again, this is about minutes right now and everything leading up to that trade deadline. So that's reason number one. There's an opening. There's a need for a player to fill those minutes. Give Noah Clowney some run there. You're going to lean on Trendon Watford some more. You're going to lean on some other veterans potentially. But don't just carve out or don't diminish the minutes that have now been opened up in the absence of Dayron Sharp and say there's no avenue here to give a young player some NBA-level look. Coming up here in a second, we'll go ahead and talk about the other key reason that the Brooklyn Nets should get Noah Clowney up to the NBA level, and it's not a fun one. Nicholas Claxton could be a month away from playing for a different team. He's on the expiring contract. We are not 100% sure that Brooklyn's going to bring him back, depending on what the price point would be. If they end up going in the direction of getting value on him, Noah Clowney's role becomes even more critical going forward. We'll dive in on that angle of things coming up in just one moment. First, we got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. That is because you know that the NFL regular season is wrapped up, and that means the NFL playoff season is just about to kick off, and there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So even if you're running cold, $5 bet for a new customer, get over there, hop on, and get that $150 in bonus bets. The app is obviously easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, whether it's the live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explorer Hub, or looking for those parlays in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays that everyone is kind of in on the action. So if you're not sure where to go, with the bets you want to throw down, see where everybody else is spending some of their energy. And if it matches up for you, get in on the action as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official betting partner of the NFL. So as we have the discussion around one Noah Clowney here on the Locked On Nets podcast, where you get us for free on all those great platforms, YouTube as well. And a reminder that on Thursday, when the Brooklyn Nets are in Paris, they're already there, taking on the Cavaliers at 2 p.m. We'll be here, just like our post games that we do normally when they're in the States in the evenings. We'll be on, Doug Norrie and myself, breaking down the action from there following the final buzzer. But when we think about Noah Clowney being deserving of some run here for the Brooklyn Nets, the other big factor is Nicholas Claxton. And it's one that pains me to bring up. Now, there's two sides to look at this. We've seen the emergence of Dayron Sharp, but we've also heard recently, and we've been discussing how Jock Vaughn is saying, got to look at some more rotation pieces here. You know, we, we, we've been doing more drop coverage, so we got away from switching everything, and it's been an all or nothing. So maybe we have to blend them a little bit. Yeah, that could be valuable for you. And so much of the skill set when we look at Noah Clowney, it does remind us. It's reminiscent of Nicholas Claxton when he came in, right? And Nicholas Claxton, who's now 24 years old, and he's on the final year of his deal. And we don't know, where is the market going to be for him? Is it the 20 to 25 million a year that we kind of thought it might be as we came into the season? Probably not. Is it closer to 18 to 20? Probably. Is that too rich for the Brooklyn Nets? Does he fit into, at his age and the timeline going beyond this year, the, the future that the Brooklyn Nets are building? Maybe, maybe not. 
and it's not hard to connect the dots of drafting a 19 year old that feels similar with a little bit more shooting, a little more, a lot more shooting potential, we think, to his game in Noah Clowney, because a year later, fast forward, Claxton will be gone and Noah Clowney will be coming in there. And maybe it will be Dayron who's in that starting role. And now Clowney is coming off the bench. But if you're fast, if you're fast tracking towards the NBA trade deadline and the Brooklyn Nets currently are on this disastrous run, doesn't mean they can't come out of it. But as it currently stands, they're a team that has lost 11 out of their last 14 games, and they're about to go on an 11 game run that does seem daunting in a lot of ways. It starts here in Paris, obviously, but then it, it follows up with Cleveland coming home, Miami on the road to Portland, winnable game, just lost to them. At L.A., at the Clippers, home for New York and Minnesota and Houston. Also get Utah there on the four-game stand. Oh, excuse me, five-game, finishing with Phoenix before you go down to Philadelphia for the 76ers. And then you get the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks before that deadline hits. There's a world where this team only wins three or four games over that 11-game stretch. And that might be optimistic with what we've seen of late. So now, when you think about the team and saying, we, we may go another four and seven, let's say. Let's even be a little bit more optimistic about it. Well, at four and seven, this team is holding on to the back end of the Eastern Conference in the 10th seed right now at 16 and 21. They could be 20 and 28 heading to that trade deadline. And while that may not feel like an insurmountable you know record in order to turn things around and drive towards the playoffs, and because you know Toronto is discussing moving on from Siakam and Atlanta's talking about trading away Murray and other players, Capella getting mentioned, maybe even Trey Young, depending on what they choose to do, and Charlotte and Washington and Detroit are not a concern. So the one side of it is no matter how bad things go, you're locked in there probably. You're probably not going to fall out of that playing spot. So Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets can say, we want to turn this thing around. We're dedicated to that. But the both and can be, okay, so we're not moving off of Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe, or not Royce O'Neal, one or the other, right? But we are going to move on from Claxton because he's just not going to be here in the future. Well, then why not get the sample size, whether it's for this season right now or for going forward? That just helps Noah Clowney develop and come along. That helps to see how he maybe works a little bit with Cam Thomas, how he works with guys like Dennis Smith Jr., like Lonnie Walker on expiring deals that you may want to bring back. Can he be on the floor at the same time with Trendon Watford? I don't know. We don't know. Why not get a look at this kid, especially if it can help inform the choices that you need to make, which can include, while it's not one-to-one, the, the rotations and saying, what if the offer comes in for Royce? What if the offer comes in for Dorian Finney-Smith? Are we ready to move Jalen Wilson and Noah Clowney and some of these players up the pecking order and into the rotations on a night-in, night-out basis. There's going to be lumps. There's going to be growing pains. But if Nicholas Claxton is about to walk out the door, I can't be overly confident that even assuming Dayron Sharp comes back within three weeks to a month, healthy and ready to go, is the automatic pivot to Giles, a player that, to this point, as we've mentioned, Jock Vaughn and the Nets have not seemed interested in playing, whether it's in blowout wins, blowout losses, garbage time minutes. He has not been a part of the rotation. That's the other big factor here. You don't have that next wave of player. When you think about some other positions on the Brooklyn Nets roster, it's kind of not hard to squint and say, well, okay, we're going to move on from Royce O'Neal. And when you look into his minutes and you know that he's playing 20 to 25 a night, okay, but yeah, but we have, we, we have Lonnie Walker. 
And that, he doesn't plug in one-to-one in those positions, but you know that you can just bump his minutes up a little bit. You know that Jalen Wilson has been getting some modest run here. So if, if you move on from Dorian Finney-Smith, the 23-year-old second-round pick that you thought had a high floor and maybe a low ceiling coming into the league, he's ready to move into that role. Trendon Watford is ready to take on more minutes there. So you have these pieces in the background that, that are ready to step into those larger roles, and they've already been getting some small samples for the most part across the board. Jalen Wilson being the least among them, but we've seen a little bit starting to dial it up. But Watford has been right. Re- you know, he's been there. He's there playing 12, 15 minutes a night. It's not a big leap to say you're going to start playing 18, 20, 20 plus minutes a night. Same thing with Lonnie Walker. He's shown that he can play the health. You want to make sure he can keep that up for himself, but moving him into a slightly expanded role, very easy outside shooter guy on the ball, some handling, get at the basket a little bit. Right? So there's these little easy one-to-ones. But if you take Nicholas Claxton off the table, there's no one-to-one. Trendon Watford can do some ball handling, but nobody else is going to replace that defensive value and versatility in the way that he does. And neither is Noah Clowney. Like, let's be very clear. 19-year-old rookie Noah Clowney with 19 G League games under his belt is not going to replace Nicholas Claxton in the back half of this year. But as we've said time and time again, Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp. These are young players that you've had and seemingly have taken a very long time to get them into the opportunities to develop. Not about whether or not their game developed and needed time to develop. You weren't giving them minutes. They weren't getting run. Cam Thomas didn't get run last year for 27 games on the back end of the season that we knew didn't have any value beyond hanging on to that playoff spot and going in and losing a first round matchup. Like, okay, fine. But you didn't give him any run. That's 27 games at 20 minutes even, right? That you could have been utilizing him and developing him. And how much more, as you watch the start of this year, how much further along would his game be? Because we've seen him over the course of this season show you development, show you growth, right? The assist numbers, the ball movement. That wasn't there in the first 10, 15 games. It's been there the last 10, 15 games. You had 27 of those last year you didn't utilize. Same thing can be said for Dayron over the start of his course of his career. So every opportunity to play young players and give them NBA-level developmental minutes matter. And if you're going to potentially be making difficult decisions at the deadline, you want to make sure that you know what you need. Because in the world that over 11 games, Noah Clowney plays 10 to 12 minutes a night consistently and looks like he's 19 years old and still has a lot of developing to do, and you're going to keep them in the G League for the bulk of the back half of this season, then you may need to go make a move, whether it's picking up a player that gets traded and gets bought out, whether it's actually going and trading an asset, or maybe in those moves with Dorian Finney-Smith or with Royce O'Neal, you say, hey, we need a live body back here because we need somebody in this room. These are the decisions that you need to make now so that you don't find yourself, as we've seen Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets do in the past, getting to the deadline, and feeling like they are either one reactive rather than proactive or stagnant. And that's what happened last year with Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal and Seth Curry and Joe Harris, right? I mean, there were so many names that were happening there and you're just waiting for them to to, to be figured out. Patty Mills, right? Proactive decision-making, not waiting for the off-season, not waiting for contracts to simply expire. Noah Clowney can be the positive story that helps you make some of those decisions, as can Jalen Wilson, as can Dariq Whitehead.
That's a part of what this season is supposed to be. I'm waiting for the Brooklyn Nets to start to show that they understand that's what this needs to be. Coming up here in a second, rotations. Beyond just Noah Clowney, what should things look like over these next 11 games for the Brooklyn Nets? Jock Vaughn needs to be willing to experiment, needs to be willing to try different combinations. And there's some sample sizes here that suggest there's ways to manipulate and manufacture it. And it may come down to looking at 240 minutes and breaking them up in a slightly different way than we've been accustomed to. We'll get into that coming up next. Before we do, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, you know that as you come to the end of the new year, Everyone starts to think about resolutions. But what are the, some of the things that you want to keep the same about yourself as you move into 2024? Where are you already crushing it? And think about this not as a new year, new you, but rather the next stepping stone for your positive growth from 2023 into 2024. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with that, changing things about ourselves instead of expanding what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you've been taking supplements in the morning to be healthy, and now you want to start eating healthy breakfasts as well. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I know that I personally have utilized better help to go ahead and say, these are the attributes and areas that I think I am thriving in, but how do I make those building blocks for the next step of success that I want to have? And you know that if you're thinking about starting therapy, you need to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can, of course, switch therapists at any time for no additional costs. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on N-B-A. So as we discuss the injury update today, Ron Sharp, hyperextended left knee, two-week timeline for potential update and reevaluation, we optimistically say, okay, great, he gets back on the court a month from now following the deadline and is ready to continue what has been a great growth step for him this season in the Brooklyn Nets. But in his absence, let's give the young kid Noah Clowney some run. A little salute. Doing good work in the G League. Let's see how much of that can carry over right now to the NBA level. But even beyond that, I've mentioned now Jalen Wilson. I've mentioned guys like Derek Whitehead even bringing him up for a little run too. But I mentioned Trenton Watford, another young player that has played well. Dennis Smith Jr., 25 years old on a one-year expiring contract. Where does his value lie? Lonnie Walker, the fourth, where does his value lie? These are decisions you're going to make at the end of the year, but maybe you can be informed about what combinations and players are best suited to carry forward in the short and the long term. When you go over and think about that, there's a couple of different areas that I really focused in on when looking at some of the minutes for the Brooklyn Nets. So some of the different things that I think functionally can kind of inform the direction that they can go. So the one thing we already know is, is, is that you know Spencer Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas, they do not share the floor well together, particularly. But we know that Mikhail Bridges and Dorian Finney-Smith is an isolated combination, 400-plus minutes, a 120.47, 113.68 offensive-defensive split. That's a positive. Mikhail Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Cam Thomas, while that actually is a little negative, 
over 226 minutes, a minus 6.65. As you start to add in a couple of other combinations, like a Dennis Smith Jr., a Dorian Finney-Smith, and a Cam Thomas, you get 66 minutes, relatively small sample size, but a 109-30, 103-85 offensive-defensive split. That's something you want to carry over. When you move it a little bit step further, and we think about getting into the Spencer Dinwiddie of it all, we know, as we had that five-man rotation, that still holds real value going back to last year in the 27 games, the Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Nicholas Claxton lineup. But Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dinwiddie isolated to themselves, 400-plus minutes, a 7.22 positive. And we know the Dinwiddie-Thomas matchup doesn't really work out so well for you. Okay, fine. Neither does, by the way, the Mikhail Bridges, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Cam Thomas lineup, 104 minutes, a minus 20 net rating for those guys. But you can see that you still get positives just between Bridges and Dinwiddie. You can see that you get the positives I mentioned between Bridges and Thomas. And you can even go down the line a little bit here as we start to talk about Trent and Watford and other combinations. Watford with Bridges and Dorian Finney-Smith, only 40-minute sample size, it's a plus six net rating. So you start to think about, well, how do we get those combinations running too? One of the other major ones is Nicholas Claxton. Because a problem that we've run into here is getting Cam Thompson in the starting lineup. Now he's been taken out. We saw at the end of that Portland game, maybe it was just coincidental, incidental. Dennis Smith Jr. goes out. Jock Vaughn goes to Trendon Watford, not to Spencer Dinwiddie, which would just kind of feel like the automatic. Maybe it's size, maybe it's defense, length, whatever the case may be. It raises an eyebrow to the point now where we wonder, should Dennis Smith Jr. get into that starting lineup? Well, it works with Thomas, so why not give it some run? We also have gotten to the place where Cameron Johnson may just be a guy. And that's okay. The contract's about right. The production's always going to be kind of the same. But you don't need to feel beholden to where you keep him and how you play him. Nicholas Claxton and Royce O'Neal, let's get a layer deeper on it. They play without Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith or Spencer Dinwiddie, guys that have obviously either been entrenched or utilized in the starting lineup. Small sample size, 33 minutes, 104-48 offensive, 98-48 defensive. Oh, I'm sorry, that's with Cameron Johnson, by the way. Claxton and Johnson, no Bridges, no DFS, no Dinwiddie. Claxton and Royce O'Neal without Cam Thomas. So you want to try to separate these guys a little bit too, potentially, or Dorian Finney-Smith, 115 minutes, 119.47, 110.30. So now you start to think about the different combinations. How do we get to a place where we want to utilize little Jalen Wilson, where we want to get a sample size bigger on Trendon Watford, maybe on Noah Clowney over this next month? Dennis Smith Jr., Thomas Bridges, Johnson Claxton. Give it some run as the starting lineup. Have the early poll ready. Doug mentioned this the last episode. Early poll. Get Dorian Finney-Smith in there. Get Watford in there early. Now have your Smith-Thomas-Bridges-Watford DFS lineup. You still have Dennis Smith Jr., ball handling, pure point guard, defensive value. Watford's shown the ability to grab boards off the glass and start the transition. He has some perimeter shooting here. So you're still keeping perimeter shooters, floor spacing, length, and size, defensive value throughout that lineup. Go ahead and pivot. When it's time for Dennis Smith Jr. and Thomas to come out, take Watford out with them. I'm not talking about running Watford 30 minutes a night here. Now you get into the Dinwiddie-Bridges combination, which works well. You put in some Dorian Finney-Smith there, which has worked well. And then you go in with a little bit of Jalen Wilson. Give him his first taste. Why? He's shown. He has an absolute nose for the ball on rebounds. So even though you don't have a Claxton in there, even though you're missing Dayron Sharp right now, you still have active bodies in that regard. He has some perimeter shooting. Offensive game, listen, he's a little plotting at times, 
but he draws fouls. He gets to the line. He knocks down his free throws. He's a high floor NBA ready player, 23 years old in his rookie year. And as you continue to roll that over, you utilize O'Neal, who is combined with Claxton well. He's combined with Johnson at times pretty well in terms of some of the samples that we see from a minute sharing standpoint. Expand your roster to include with consistency Trendon Watford, Jalen Wilson, and then, yes, Noah Clowney. Because again, back at the top, when we think about Noah Clowney and what he projects to be, well, he has some of that ball handling in him in terms of rebounding and starting transition. He has some pick and roll, which, you know, screen setting, something that Claxton, I wouldn't say, you know, you go more Dayron Sharp for that, a little bit less of Claxton. You're not going to play drop coverage with him. You're going to want him out on the perimeter. You're going to want him switching. So that offers Jacques Vaughn in this short sample size, 11 games, some consistency. He's had a hard time picking between one or the other. Well, just go with the switching, switch everything and see how well Noah Clowney holds up if you run him out there for a handful of minutes. Because it's not dissimilar to having, he's somewhere in between to me what Trendon Watford has been for this team and what Nicholas Claxton is for this team, well-established, right? The the growth, the development, and all of the learning curves are obviously built into this, but he has a little bit of perimeter shooting, and that's what Trendon Watford brings. So it keeps a little bit more floor spacing. Has the blocking ability, right? Can track on switches, guys, all the way to the basket. So if you start to feather some of these guys in and start to think about 240 minutes just over this next 11 games, for this next month, ahead of the deadline, when all the decisions have to be made, Start to bring down some minutes on Cameron Johnson, who is not even, he's a 29-minute kind of guy, right? On Dorian Finney-Smith, who at the start of the year had to play in place of Cameron Johnson, but has been closer to 26, 27 minutes than he has to 30, 31. Same thing for a guy like Royce O'Neal. He should be playing closer to 20 than to 25. Why? Because he's on an expiring deal and you're probably going to move him. Sacrifice some minutes for the veterans and get them into the hands of, whether it's going to be Watford, Let's make sure he's playing a minimum of 15 minutes, maybe towards 18 minutes over this month. Lonnie Walker, we already need to get him back in there with his legs underneath him as he gets healthy. But Jalen Wilson, give him eight minutes consistently. Give Noah Clowney eight minutes consistently. Some nights bump to 10 to 12 when it's possible, when it's called upon. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to automatically get a little more minutes if you put him in the starting rotation. But find a way to mix and match these guys. Bring up, if you want to bring up Tariq Whitehead, bring up Tariq Whitehead. You want to say you nitpick around some of these numbers here and you go with the hot hand. And when Giles wants to come in for some run, use him too. He's 25 years old. He should get a sample size. Team hasn't told me they want to give him a sample size, but he should. Manufacture a way over these next 11 games to confirm information. Because what we know for a fact is that over the last 14 games with Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Dennis Smith Jr., Lonnie Walker. They've lost far more games than they've won. So what is the harm in trying out some of these other combinations and giving some rewards to some young players? They don't have to stay up permanently. But I tell you what, if over the next 11 games, you win four of them or five of them, and those guys play a role, and they start to maybe show you that they can nip at the heels of some of the veterans, maybe that helps Sean Marks make some smarter, proactive decisions at the deadline rather than be stagnant, rather than have us talking about how some of these young players remain buried and how the Brooklyn Nets are going to continue going forward with Dorian Finney-Smith, with Spencer Dinwiddie, with Royce O'Neal, and these younger players are just never going to get run. Because when you get back to the back half of this season, 
the last 15, 20 games, 10 games, whatever it may be, and you start to play some of the young guys better because maybe this season is fading a little bit, it's not going to feel great when you have the veterans getting their minutes eaten away at. And guess what? There is no indication by sample size that that's something that this team would do. If anything, they'll ride the string out with the vets. So maybe Sean Marks needs to get some veterans out of the way so that Jock Vaughn is forced to start to play some of the younger guys. Use the 11 games. Sample size. Noah Clowney. Reward the kid. Here's your taste as an NBA rookie. Let's see what we got in these kids. It's been a frustrating 14-game stretch here for the Brooklyn Nets. We're not entirely sure if this is a ugly, ugly blip or a reality-dosing trend. Let's have a little fun. Let's loosen it up. In the meantime, as a reminder, as I said before, we will be in on Thursday following the 2 p.m. afternoon start from Paris with the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers live post game on YouTube. And then, as you know, we'll be out throughout this week. That's the last game of this week. They play again on Sunday when they come back home. But this is a very light week. Doug has uh, Nori, a special guest, coming up as well on the next episode. So be sure to be tuned in for that on YouTube at Locked On Nets, over on Twitter at Locked On Nets, at Doug Nori, at Adam Armbrecht, and anywhere you get those podcast needs fulfilled. Doug would tell you, five-star review. We know that's kind of old hat a little bit, but you can still leave them. You can also leave a glowing comment. We appreciate everybody as always and also as always. When there is no Doug Nori, there is no quote short of saying that I miss my friend. And I can't wait until he's back so we can keep talking all things Brooklyn Nets basketball. Basketball.